Thanks for joining us today on the Revolution Church Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at therevolutionchurch.com. Our prayer for you is that you would discover God's unchanging love and see what he can do through you. Today, let's jump into week number one of our new series, Survival, where we not only take a look at what it means to survive this time that we're living in, but what it means to thrive in this time. So let's join Pastor Dino and Pastor Jeannie with week number one of Survival. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Revolution Church. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us today. We are going to have a great time talking about survival, and I brought my better half today to help us get going on this topic because uh, Jeannie is very practical. She's an everyday mom, a very good mom, uh, always uh, rolling her eyes, the things that I do. So, but I just think this is going to be a great I don't roll my time. eyes. I just raise my eyebrows. Like Yes. Hmm. It's a slick way of rolling her eyes is what she's basically saying. So, um, okay. So here's the deal, Gene, we're in this, right? And we're going to survive this. We're going to come out of this thing successfully, right? So for those of you that know us and Revolution Church, we don't believe in just surviving. We believe in doing better than that and thriving. So we're going to start out with survival, but I'm sure you'll hear a lot more about how to be successful and um, come out of this completely different than you might expect. Awesome. Okay, so join your faith with us let's pray let's believe god let's invite the holy spirit in here to help us to learn what our next steps are with survival all right father we just thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word thank you father to be able to uh, go into people's homes right where they are in this this time lord this this unprecedented time yet a time uh, that is so crazy but yet so amazing at the same time Lord, we're just so grateful for you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak uh, through us, just uh, uh, minister with just love and compassion through us. Let our words be your words, and let us just have a time today where we know, Jesus, you will be glorified in all that we say and do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, Jeannie. A lot of us, we have been in this already for three or four weeks. I know some of you are watching. Um, I think you're just going into your third week. We're going into, or we're just finishing our fourth week, actually, of this quarantine. And so uh, we're all in it together. And I kind of like to look at it like uh, we're almost entering our halftime because um, now we're starting to hear stories about restrictions being lifted and how are we going to open this up, open that up. And and that's awesome. We're beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think a lot of us are craving for normalcy. And at the end of the day, what does normal look like after all of this? And this is where we really need, you know, the mind of God. So I kind of look at this like it's our halftime. You know, this is halftime. And what do you do at halftime, right? You, you go I have in. no idea. Yes. Okay, well. We, you, you go in, and usually the coach is yelling at you about your missed assignments and telling you about, you know, what you could do to get better, and it's a time of actually refocus, okay? And so as we start looking now down the road and start seeing that, okay, we're, we're going to start coming out of this. The hope is there, and all of us are grateful. We're so thankful. What, 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 what do our next steps look like? You know what I mean? How do we survive 
the second half? How can we come out swinging? How can we come out successful as we get ready to enter into our new normal? And I want to start out with the scripture. And if you have your Bibles, open with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to read a scripture because I believe the Bible has an answer for everything. We're going to read a scripture today that really is similar to the time that we live in right now in mm-hmm. Ephesians, okay? Uh, the setting of the scripture is the church is, is, is coming alive. It's new, okay? And it's competing with, with this temple worship and actually a temple worship where, where it, was, it was acceptable to have prostitutes or, and, and men would go in there. They would worship God and then they would spend time you know, with the temple prostitute, you know, and, and I'm sure religion was booming in those days, okay? And so, but here the infant church, it, this is the setting here for this particular scripture. So you can just imagine what the church felt like in its infant uh, uh, state compared to, to this other secular or this other type of religion, okay? And so watch what, what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but but like those who are wise. So there's an admonishment here to refocus and to be wise and to think about your next steps, which is what we're doing right now. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. This is what I want to hone in on. Make the most of every opportunity. And so here's a big question. Are we making the most of the opportunity that we're in right now? I know it stinks to be in isolation. I know it doesn't feel good to, uh, to be away from the everyday things that we like doing, going to the gym, uh, going to see neighbors, or, or whatever it is that we do, maybe in live person, small groups, or whatever, right? Or going to church in live, right? All the things that we really enjoy doing. But are we making the most of this opportunity? The scripture says here, uh, in these evil days, that actually refers to a hard time a struggle time, a time where it, you're hard-pressed, a, hard, a time when you're, you're having uncertainty. A lot of us are facing un, economic uncertainty. We're facing relational uncertainty in, in, our, in our place of isolation. And so I think the Scripture speaks so clearly to us. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And verse 17 is really what we want to hone in on here. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I just believe today, Jeannie, that we're going to learn and we're going to be challenged today about what does the Lord want us to do? What are our next steps when we come out of this? What what are the next things? Okay, and so, again, I've been saying this every day at 7 at 7 and every day in, in a lot of our sermons, we are all in this together. COVID-19 has affected the whole world. It's affected us it's like we're all in this reset moment. We're all, we all have this opportunity. It's almost like a do-over. Like, what are, what are our next steps? And I believe God's challenging us. Are we making the most of this opportunity? Are we going to understand, take the time to understand what, what is God saying to us in the middle of all this? And so, all right, and so one of the common denominators that all of us are facing, are facing right now is that We've all lost control of something, okay? We've lost control of where we work. If we work, we've lost control. If we can go out of our house, if we can't go out of our house, we've lost, we've lost control. And what is essential? What's not essential? We've all lost control of something. Some of you are saying, I've lost control of my kids at home all day. I know that. Can you say amen, somebody? Right there in chat, come on, say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. That's me. And by the way, like this, share this. 
comment, you know, that helps us. I think that's awesome. Show us some love like we learned at Good Friday. <laughs> that was fun with the kids. Show us some love. All right, so, so you know, we've all lost control of something, okay? So, so now let's look at what we can control and what we can't control, all right? So this is kind of where we want to focus right now, okay, as it we survive. It seems like in the first half of, like, the last few weeks, we were all in shock. Is this possible? What? Are they really going to tell me I can't leave my There's no way. Yeah. And so we were all just in a state of shock, right? Yeah. So now we've kind of settled in. No, this is really how it's going to go for right now. And so now it's time to analyze it and say, okay, now what? Well, how are we going to make the most of this opportunity um, as, we're, as we're actually coming to a close of, of a season here, really? We have a little bit of time left um, where we're going to be restricted to this level. So let's make the most of it. Yes. Okay. So, so the first thing that um, we've lost control or we can't control, we can't control actually the virus. Okay. Right. It's a worldwide situation and, and we can't control it. Okay. We're, we're watching um, what, what it's doing to people all around the world and it's devastating and we're praying for people and, but, but we can't control it. Okay. But here's what we can control. All right. We've been talking about this every morning at seven at seven, run it right here on this page. We've been talking about how we can take authority over this disease. We can take authority over the fear. We can take authority over anxiety. We can take authority over all those things. So, and just like Psalm 91 says, it says, it will not come near my house, right? Mm -hmm. So we can have control over that. We can have control over our attitude in our home. We can have control using the word of God and standing on the word of God to say the promises of God are real. They're for me today. And the blood of Jesus is real today. Come on, if you believe the blood of Jesus is real, somebody needs to say amen, right on, whatever, show some hearts, do something. But the blood of Jesus is very real. So while we don't have control over the virus, what we do have is we have control over the authority that Jesus has given us according to the word of God. If you are a Christian, if Jesus Christ lives inside of you, Acts chapter one says that we have received authority. And so what we can do is take authority over fear. We can take authority over doubt. We can take authority over anxiety. We can take authority even over sickness. Mm -hmm. So if somebody in your house, right, gets, gets a, a symptom or two, we can take authority over that, okay? We do all the things in the natural too. We, social, we, we practice social distancing. We wash our hands. We're careful how much we touch our face, all of those kind of things. And, and if we know somebody's been exposed, then we have to kind of set up perimeters and do all the practical things, okay? But in the meantime, you can still take authority. You can still stand upon the promises of the word of God, especially Psalm 91, and just declare, it will not come near my house because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, okay? And so, so we, can, we, we, we can't control the virus, but we can take authority of how the virus or the threat of the virus affects us in our house, okay? All right, All right so here's the second thing that we can't control. We can't control the regulations that are being made. We can't control them. You know, as much as I like to put my hand up and say, hey, you know, invite me to the table so I can be part of the discussion, okay? 
all of those discussions, they're above We've our pay grade. Never been invited. Okay, so never. and neither have you. Right. So we're not sitting at the table. We haven't been invited to the table. We know some pretty important people are there, and we think for the most part they really have our best interest in mind. So we can't control regulations, okay? But what we can control is this, and this is very, very powerful, what I'm about to share with you. We can't control how we pray for people who are in authority, okay? I want to read you a scripture, a very, very powerful scripture. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And just let this scripture sink in, because we're looking for some how-tos. We're looking for how can we survive in this, th these next moments of our, of our crisis, okay? L notice what it says here, 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Now, verse 2 is where it really counts. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So the scripture here teaches this is what we can't control. We can control praying for people who are in authority, praying for those who are making decisions. That Notice it says here that we will live peaceful and quiet lives. What this means, Jeannie, is that as we pray for those who are in authority, we're believing that they're going to make the right decisions on behalf of our states, on behalf of our cities, on behalf of people that, that they represent, right? That's the best thing that we can do. It's a lot pray. easier to make comments, if you notice that. <laughs> like, praying for people in authority probably isn't my first response. <laughs> it's a lot easier to be like, what? What? Um, or to, especially on Facebook. I mean, we're on Facebook right now, Facebook Live, so we get it. Like, it's very easy to Monday morning quarterback. Very easy. <laughs> so, in this season, like... I, I want to take my passion for certain things and turn it into more of a prayer focus. If I don't actually have authority or control, I want to take the authority that I have in the spirit and pray for wisdom for the people who are in authority. I am not in authority, and neither are you. So our job is to yeah. watch how we respond. Yeah, very good. And then go ahead and take our rightful spot praying for the people in authority. They can get wisdom from God just like you can that's very good. Very practical, you know, and I think every one of us, when we read a regulation that seems inconsistent, it, it, it doesn't make sense why you can't buy paint or seeds. I mean, I get all that. I, I understand. It doesn't make sense. I get it. But there's a reason for it. Okay. And so, but what we can do is pray for those certain authority Pray that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened. Pray that they get the wisdom. I really believe that their motivation is to do what's right and to make sure that we come out of this time successful, successfully. But I do, I agree with you. I mean, we, I mean, we, we, we can all be Monday morning quarterbacks. We can all be people that um, are have opinions, think about, you know, how we would do it if we were in charge, okay, but we're not. So several of you guys even maybe one person here um, has a little bit of a struggle with a rule that doesn't make sense. Inside <laughs> of some people, the natural tendency is to say, mm, there's no way that I'm going to, um, I'm going to be able to do this. I have to find a way to break this rule. That's not the best situation <laughs> right now. The best situation is to just settle in. This is not an emergency. Pray for those in authority. Right, and you know, the interesting part about this scripture too is that 
this scripture was written at a time when the church was in crisis, okay? Mm -hmm. There was great persecution coming against the church here in, 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 uh, in the book of Timothy. And, um, and so what happened, it was just the persecution was just beginning. And there was this th actual threat of people not wanting to go to church because of the threat and the persecution. And so imagine Timothy, imagine how he was feeling when he was in all this and he's hearing Paul his mentor tell him listen pray for those who are in authority I mean it'd be really easy to get a focus group and to get a, a, a political group and and to get march somebody in there and you know and tell people who are in authority how you feel it'd be very easy to do that but really at the end of the day I think the greatest thing that we can control is praying for people praying for them that they have the absolute wisdom okay all right so or here's something else that, that we can't control. We cannot control what the news media says. We can't control the reports. We can't control the little tickers that are on there about how many people are infected and how many people are, are passing away. We can't control any of that. They want to do that. We can't control that. Okay, we can't control the news briefings. We can't control what's said, what isn't said. It's not a part of our control. But here's what we can control, all right? And I know I'm talking to a lot of us, including myself, and I say this. We can control what we absorb. We can control how many hours we look at the news clippings or we look at the headlines. or the, We can absolutely can control that, okay? And I, would, I want to challenge you with this. We can control how much we absorb and what we balance that out with with the Word of God. Because I, I just believe God's word is a balance to all kinds of negativity. It's a balance to fear. It's a balance to inconsistency. It's a balance to apprehension. It really is. And so my challenge to you is how much time are we spending in the word of God? The Bible says the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Okay. So as, as much as we are, are interested and we're drawn into this report and that report, um, I, I understand I really believe with all my heart that we really need to balance it with the Word of God. Here's the deal, Jeannie. We're still going to check on the reports because that's our human nature. Right. All of us are that. We're just not going to abandon And there's abandon nothing wrong altogether. with that. Right, right, exactly. But what are, what are some practical things we could do to balance it with the Word of God, though, mm -hmm. right? What are some things we can do to, to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to balance how I'm feeling right now about a report I just read, about a hospital that was full, about people who were passed away or whatever. How am I going to balance my mind and my heart more with the Word of God? And I really believe it's, this is probably one of the key steps to our survival and coming out of this thing swinging, okay? And so balancing things with the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I have found great solace and great peace. Comfort just studying the Word of God, allowing the Word of God to speak to me, especially the, the Psalms. Psalm 23 has been so amazing. Psalm 91, every morning, just declaring that, you know. I think the discipline, Jeannie, for people who are getting up and doing seven at seven, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that video gets shared, and, and, and it'll get some 300 views a day, which is amazing, crazy, 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 amazing. For those of you who are getting up there at, at, at 7 o'clock in the morning with me, there's a lot of you who jump on live, okay? That discipline, trust me, you're starting your day out. I, Anne always writes in the comments, oh, I needed this booster. I needed this. I well, she's this. going into a very real situation every single day. Yes. You know, some of us are staying home, and that's a situation as well. She's going out. 
and it's just really important that right. she protects her mind, that she covers herself before she goes. Yeah, and she actually says that in the chat. Need this pickup before I go out and right? do what I have to do. She's really on the front line of, of some. And there's a lot of you who are out there on, on the front lines and, and part of essential services. And so I think it's really, really, especially for you guys, very, very important that you balance the news media with with absorbing what God's word has to say about you and at this time. I think that's essential to surviving. Okay, all right. For sure. Okay, so here's another one. We can't control the stay-at-home order. We can't control it, okay? I think every one of us, just having a conversation with some of the people here who are, who are part of the media team here, said the same thing. People are going stir-crazy. They want to get out and, and do things. They want to be with other people. I know. I know you do, too. We do as well. I mean, because we love being around people. So there is a bit of stir-crazy that's connected to the stay-at-home order, okay? So we can't control it, though. It's an order. And we have to do our civil duty to, to obey the order. And, and it's all part of, of, of crushing this thing and, and, and saving people's lives. I get all that. So, so. So while we can't control the stay-at-home order, we can control how we treat each other and how we respond to each other in the home. Because I feel like this is probably the greatest challenge for all of us. How are we responding <laughs> to the people that we are around 24-7? I mean, I, I, I feel it for moms. I really do. You know, you get that break to send your kids out to school, okay? But now you're a homeschooler. Now it's you're the mom. endless summer. Yeah, the endless summer. This year is six months of summer. <laughs> there we go. How do you deal with all of that? How do you deal with the dishwashers being full again? How many times can you run the dishwasher in one day? Yeah. Like how many times? And how many times can you walk by and say, "Well, oh, I, I wish somebody else." How would many people <laughs> in the house can see the dishwasher? No idea. No idea. One for sure. <laughs> so it, it's, it's really amazing um, how uh, we've always had an invisible maid in our house. You know what I mean? You, you know, I think you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but it seems like we've, ha we've had the need for that invisible maid even more throughout this, this, this time period. And so, um, so I just think how we respond to each other is really critical and this is absolutely something that we can control because i think this is probably the thing that we're we're, we're, ex we're experiencing challenges more than anything listen i read a, i read something in uh in one of the news sites one of the local news sites in michigan and they actually said this that this this particular police force which is really well known in the area uh, they they haven't experienced any crime because everybody's home so their force is out constantly fielding domestic disputes that are going on in people's homes. Who Why is calling <laughs> officers for domestic disputes right now? Yeah. But it's happening. This so, is happening. So, yeah, if you're one of them that are, that are tying up We're a law sorry, enforcement man. because you can't get along, come on. <laughs> They're knocking on your door. They are not counselors, okay? But honestly, when I read that report, I thought, you know what? You know what this means is the more we are together and the more this quarantine kind of lasts and more we experience the stay-at-home order the more our risk goes up of conflict in the house yes. so conflicts are going to happen when we're all there okay i remember and some of it has to do with just understanding why it's happening like 
Is your wife short right now? Is that because she's had to load the dishwasher four times in a row? I mean, there's, if we can get to the why, sometimes we can handle the situation better. Like, right. is your husband short right now? Maybe it's because he's actually concerned about his job. Maybe he's actually concerned about the financial well-being, and he's just not saying that. Right. So sometimes we just respond to the way a person is speaking to us without asking ourselves the deeper question of, why? What's actually going on in their mind? And right now, we have plenty of time to figure that part out. We have plenty of time to ask a second question and say, are you okay? Like, what's really going on? I'm sure that you're not this upset about the dishwasher. And I got to tell you, too, one of the things I, I've talked to a lot of guys who are working out of the house right now, and, and the first thing they say is that this is a, a massive transition. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, working out of the house is awesome. But listen, if you are accustomed to going to an office and then coming home or going out to a job site and coming home, that's one thing. But if you're stuck home like everybody else is right now, I mean, it is a transition. It is a, a culture shock, actually, because we're not used to being together 24-7 like this, right? And so you have to set up some rules and some boundaries. Like um, Pastor Dino used to work outside of the home, and then he went through a season where he worked from home. And I didn't understand why, but I just wanted him to leave again. I was like, <laughs> why is he still here? And it wasn't that I didn't want to spend time with him. I had little kids at home, and so I had a system. Like, we get up at this time, we do this at this time, and he's right. just roaming around. Right. So, like, every day is Saturday. Like, every day's not supposed to be Saturday. I didn't understand why my buddy, okay, wasn't available, you know, whenever I needed her available to bounce a thought off of or a funny or just something. It was this massive adjustment for me, and I think a lot of you are experiencing that adjustment. My God, I'm with my spouse 24-7, or I'm with these kids 24-7. I mean, 24 we like the person, right? But sometimes the way the situation's set up, it's creating conflict. Can I, can, can I just tell you, it's okay to feel that way. Because you feel that way, it doesn't make you a bad wife or a bad husband or a bad person. Just get a hold. This is just, it's just natural. It's an adjustment. That's why we're doing this teaching. We're going to practice and we're going to survive and we're not only going to survive we're going to thrive coming out of this but let's talk about it okay so one of the things we had to do is just put some structure to our day i had to say 1 30 is not lunchtime here it's just not <laughs> like that's not lunchtime so 11 30 is lunchtime that's when everybody's eating when you eat at 1 30 everybody wants to eat again and i don't get to leave the kitchen you know right. so in each season's different so go ahead and have the conversation go ahead and just Instead of just assuming that the other person should recognize what's going on, have a conversation. Listen, when we can control how we respond to each other, we can experience the grace of this life. Mm -hmm. This is what the scripture says in 1 Peter 3, 7. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding Ooh. way or dwell with them with, with understanding is what one scripture says. It says, and showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Now, I, I always have to say this when I read this scripture. It doesn't mean that she's weak. It means, actually, the, the literal translation of uh, weaker vessel is the more expensive vessel, like fine china. Okay, so dwell. I have to dwell with her. The scripture's telling me to dwell with her like fine china. And I think a lot of times we like to dwell with them like they're paper plates, and it doesn't work Ooh. that way, okay? So they're fine china. And the more you understand handling fine china, the more we begin to understand 
what it means to actually dwell with each other with understanding. Because it says here, since you were heirs together of the grace of life, so that your prayers won't be hindered. Now, this is an amazing scripture because we're talking about we can't control the stay-at-home order, but we can control how we treat each other, okay? And so the scripture says that we can enjoy the grace of this life, the favor of this life, right? The ease of this life. We actually can go through this time period together with ease, right? With the grace of God in our lives, right? As opposed to the friction and mm -hmm. as opposed to anxiety and all the stress that that's connected to it so that your prayers may not be hindered. What this means is, is that when, when there's friction between the two of us, it's hard to be on the same page for what our next steps are going to be. She might be getting direction one way. I may be getting direction another way. I may not be spending time with God. She may be spending time with God and getting direction on something. Now I'm fighting that direction or vice versa. But when we're on the same page in our communication, when we're on the same page of the direction and for our family, the direction for the period that we live in, it is amazing how we hear clearly and we're on the same page for the next steps that are, are, are we're going to be taking. Some of us right now, I'm challenging you right now, we're, we need to find this place in our home because when we come out of this order, when we come out of this activity or what, what we find ourselves in right now, things may be different. And we're going to have to learn how to navigate through all that. We're going to need the wisdom of God, the direction from God. I know business owners right now, your business is closed. And so you're going to go through a ramp-up season. You're going to go through a season where you need working capital. You're going to need to hire your staff back and all that stuff. That's going to be a trying time. That's why it's important for us to dwell with each other with understanding. When we come home, how are we treating each other? How are we conversing? How are we speaking to each other? Are we being kind in our communication? Are we being understanding? Are we, are, are we being short? Are we treating you know, that person like a paper plate? instead of fine china, okay? And so just want to challenge you guys. This is a very, very powerful scripture. We're challenging you guys. You can't control the stay-at-home order, but you can control how you treat each other when you're in the house together. If you feel like, you know, there's friction in your home, if you feel like there's, there's friction between you and your spouse, then take some time to talk about this. Take some time to pray about it. Take some time to get on the same page as we enter into this next phase, okay? All right, so... We can't control the timing. We can't control the timing in anything right now. We're hearing, ah, oh, you know, the beginning of May, this might happen, or, you know, beginning of this, this might. We can't control the timing, okay? But as we, as we start, you know, wrapping up a close right now, what we can control is what we do with our time, okay? We can't control the timing of everything, but what we can control is what are we doing with our time? I just, I want to just challenge you guys with this. We may never have another opportunity like this ever again. We may never have this opportunity where we're with our families this much, where we have, uh, we're not pressed for schedules, we're not pressed for performance, we're not pressed to be at a job or on the job site or whatever. We may never have an opportunity like this again. You know, for those of you who are still working, you're part of the essential work staff, like we've talked about already. That's different. Man, we're, we're covering you. We're praying for you. You're out there, and we, you're challenged one way. 
But for the vast majority of us, where we're home and we're behind our four walls, and in some cases we can't go next door, we can't go across the street, okay? It's a different story. And so what are we doing with that time? Are we spending all of our time worrying or thinking about what the future is going to be like? Or, or are we making the most of our time, right? We try to um, lead every season based on how we want to tell people after. So when I tell the story of these last couple of weeks of quarantine, what's it going to sound like? So if I can look forward to how I'm going to communicate this story in two weeks, it'll help me act out appropriately. So I can get exhausted right now. I can just say, I'm done. I've had enough. That's not the story I want to tell. Right. Once I'm through all the pressure of it, that's not the story I want my kids telling because you know your kids are going to tell stories. So if we can look forward and say, I can do this. I can experience the grace of life in my family. I can make it through the end of this with victory. I can make sure that this story ends well and that we enter into the next season with a level of understanding that maybe we've never experienced before. And that's just one little thing that God might be doing in your family. He might be giving you wisdom yeah. that you've never had before. He might be giving you wisdom and insight into the hearts of one of your kids. He might be giving you wisdom into the next season of your business. That's he might good. give you a creative invention idea. You don't know. Take the time. Take the time to say, I'm not just going to be common in this season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in, and I'm going to gain an understanding of the people around me and an understanding of what God has for us. That's really good. That's really good. I want to read to you a scripture in Jeremiah 29 to help you and to, and to equip you because I, I think this kind of is what you just said is perfect, and it just sets us up for, for the challenge. So what are you doing with your time? You may never have another time like this where you could press into God in a way that you maybe have always wanted to press into God, okay? There's always going to be time for Netflix. There's always going to be time for, you know, that baseball game or that football game or whatever video game. There's always going to be time for that thing that you want to do. What about right now? Right now, we press into God. And just like Jeannie said, that we press in a little bit more and making the most of this time that we have. Because look what Jeremiah 29 says. It says, when you call on me, Jeremiah 29, verses 12 through 14 in the message translation, it's so beautiful. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen, the word of God says. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, listen to this. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. It is the Father's will for us to find him and to hear from him. And so many of you are being challenged right now, just like the, just like the uh, gentleman that I talked to yesterday. Just like, I, I, I want to quit my job, and I want to do something for God. I want to do something more with my life. I think there's so much of that going on right now. It's amazing. There's this rearranging, this shifting that's taking place in, in so many people's hearts right now. You're, you're, you're taking an inventory. You're making the most of your time. So I want to I encourage you to press into God right now. What is he saying to you about your family? What is he saying to you about your children? Who, who are they, they going to spend their life with? Your, your child's career your, your child's future partner, maybe. 
What is God saying to you about your children? What's God saying to you about your marriage? The things that you've always wanted to work on with your spouse, always wanted to achieve, always wanted to, to be. What is God saying to you about that? What is God saying to you about your career? Are you really just going to just launch right back into your career again? Or is this maybe a time to reset? Is maybe God speaking to you about doing something different? What is God saying about this? What is God saying to you about your purpose? I think if there's one thing that all of us are pressing in for, what, what is my life really about? What is my life? What is my life purpose? Man, can't you press into that? You know, this local church that has been so amazing to help us with the studio and, and to videotape this, they did a food uh, uh, giveaway just recently, and hundreds of volunteers showed up because they just wanted to be around purpose. They wanted to be around people that were doing something. We've, had, we've all had time to think and to process and to, uh, and to, and, and to uh, take inventory, right? And so what is God saying to you about your purpose? One of the things we believe here at Revolution Church is that God has a plan for your life, a specific plan, one that only you can accomplish, one that only you can fulfill. You are God's masterpiece. You know why? You are the only one of you that exists. And God has a specific plan for you not because he's trying to compare you to somebody else or, 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 or make you measure up to a certain standard that we can't measure up to. God has a specific plan for you because he loves you. You are his child. You are his precious creation. Just like I look at my three children and I see the gifts and the talents and the strengths and the weaknesses and I, I see their outlook and, and as I'm praying for my own children about what their next steps are, how much more so is God doing that for you? Is God doing that for us? I'm telling you, you have a purpose to fulfill. God has a plan for your life because he loves you. And, and I can just hear somebody saying right now, well, you know, all the mistakes and all the failures that I've had in my life, I've gone through this quarantine person really, really terrible, okay? It doesn't matter. God has this way of taking all of our past failures. He has this way of taking even our present failures. He even has this way of taking our future failures, and he puts them all into this package because he knows how to work all of them into the plan that he has for our life. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And because he's the beginning and the end, he knows how to work the middle. He knows how to work the middle for you and I. He knows how to take all those failures, all those setbacks, all those hurts, and work them into the amazing plan that God has for our life. The amazing plan that God has for our life, it begins, however, knowing God, knowing his son Jesus, knowing that he died for our sins, knowing that he is the reason why we need salvation because sin had to be paid for. The sin that, that happened in the Garden of Eden had to be paid for. That sin had been, has been passed on to everybody born here on planet Earth. Jesus is the answer for that sin. And here's what that means. Him being the answer for the sin means that you and I 
can be restored to right relationship with our heavenly Father. He is our heavenly Father. When you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He becomes your older brother. That's what the Scriptures teach us. You come into the family of God. Won't you right now take this opportunity as we put this invitation out to you. You're listening to us right now, and you say, you know, Pastor Dino, I don't know Jesus like this. I don't know him as personal Savior, just like you're describing. It's really, really easy to know him. We can, You can know him right now, right where you are, and just receive Jesus Christ into your heart right now personally. I say this over and over and over. You know, when it comes to receiving Christ, I thought I had to receive religion or I thought I had to receive some club. I thought I had to shake even a preacher's hand. That's not what I'm talking about. You can't even shake a preacher's hand right now. Come on, somebody. All right? But what you can do is you can pray this simple prayer and invite Jesus Christ into your heart, and he'll, he'll turn your life around. It'll be the answer for everything you're looking for right now. It'll be the beginning of this wonderful, amazing new life that only he can bring to you. I can't bring it to you. Jeannie can't bring it to you. The government can't bring it to you. Only God can bring this new life to you. So wherever you are right now, I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and just pray this simple prayer with me. Say this out, say, Father God, I receive your plan of salvation for me. I receive Jesus Christ, your son, as my personal savior. I believe that he died for my sins and I believe you raised him up to pay for my sins. And right now, I receive him as my personal savior. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.